Hey, welcome to the Agency Blueprint, the podcast for agency owners looking to explore strategies for scaling a truly profitable agency, reducing stress, and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, business coach and contract CFO to agencies. To download a free copy of my international best-selling book, The Agency Blueprint, go to creativeagencysuccess.com. Hey, agency owners. Today, we're going to be talking about your client expectation process and why it's one of the most important tools that you can have at your agency. It allows for your clients to work with you within your own process, which has really far-reaching consequences on your agency. It allows for your agency to work the way that it wants to with its clients. It allows for you to have repeatable results for your clients. It allows for you to have maximum profitability and be extremely efficient. It allows for you to have and disconnect from your agency when you feel like you want to be able to go on vacation without having to take a phone call that's an emergency to deal with a client issue because everything works within your process and the client understands exactly what to expect. One of the other consequences of your client expectation process is that it limits scope creep. Um, what what ends up happening is that when the client has an understanding of exactly what the deliverables are going to be and what to expect, they're not going to ask for things outside of scope. And if they do, they know that they're going to get an additional cost and you've set that expectation from the very beginning. One of the things that I do find to be extremely important about it as well is that it allows for your team to not be overloaded. And I'm sure you recognize as an agency owner, one of the things that's most important to your agency is your talent because that's what you're selling. And when you have an overburdened, overloaded, and burnt out team, you're not producing great results and you're not producing um, happy service providers, which leads to unhappy clients. So not having an overloaded team is extremely important. It also allows for your clients to be happy because they get exactly what they expect and they know exactly what to expect. They know exactly how you're going to communicate with them. They know exactly how every single touch point that you're going to be working with that with that individual and with that business is going to be, which leads to you having improved client attrition. So you're able to keep more of the clients that you're working with. You don't have to spend as much time in your sales process and you're able to have more repeating revenue, which is so incredibly important when you're looking to scale and grow your agency. When you're talking about a client expectation process, I'm sure you're asking, well, that, that all sounds great, but where do I start? Um, so what I would say and what I would recommend to um, every agency owner is that you need to first take a step back and understand where the expectation is initially set. And most agency owners would assume that this starts at the onboarding of a client. And I would uh, argue that that's not the case, that it starts in your marketing, it starts in your branding, it starts from the very first time that that prospect engages with your brand. And it's so incredibly important that that marketing material, that the content that you're producing is setting an expectation of what types of results you get, what you're able to do, how you work. And I'm not saying that you need to over-orchestrate your marketing materials to allow for you to limit the expectation of a client. That's not my point. My point is that the prospect and any prospect that engages with your brand is going to start to have some type of expectation and that they need to understand how you work with people and you can have and set that expectation in the way that you communicate in your phrasing, whether you're sending out a marketing email, whether it's a social media post, you can see the way that you interact with your clients and and the things that you do and how you help in that type of marketing material. And it's in, again, the promise that you make with them. So if you are telling them that they're going to get XYZ result, 
and that they engage with you because they're expecting to have that transformative experience or they're looking to have um, some type of ROI that you're projecting, you do need to make sure that they understand that in certain cases with with case studies, right, you're showing them the best results and that not all results are the same. And it really depends on how much they actually engage with it and what their spending capacity is, right, is ultimately really important. The expectation process, as I'm sure you recognize since I've gone all the way back to marketing, that it also continues in sales. And it's so incredibly important that your sales team understands exactly the the level of importance that their correspondence and the way that they communicate with their prospect and how it sets the stage for the entire relationship. And what I see happen so frequently is that sales teams are making so many concessions in desperation for making the sale that this ultimately causes so much chaos for operations and really in the in the end ends up damaging potentially the reputation of the agency, but it definitely damages the relationship with that client. And it absolutely should never be done. And you need to, the sales team needs to understand exactly how to communicate the expectation to that prospect client. They need to understand that they are part of the overall process and they're an extension of the agency. They're not going to be in a position where they are going to sell a potential client and then end up passing them on to operations or to creative. And then they're not going to have any culpability in that that uh, relationship. They need to have an understanding that the way that that expectation is set at the very beginning is going to create the entire pathway for that relationship with that client. What I also see happen so frequently is that the client will take control of the sales process. They can be demanding, they can ask for concessions, they can ask for all of these different things. And what I would say and what I what I um, recommend to anyone in a sales process is that it's your process and you should be in control of it from the very beginning to the point of signature and that everything should be thought out and orchestrated. The communication that's happening within those are orchestrated. You understand because you've gone through so many sales conversations, you understand what types of objections you're going to be getting from your prospects. You understand what kind of questions they're going to be asking. And you can have pre-formulated ways of responding to that and understanding how you can appropriately set an expectation. You can appropriately respond to those objections. You can appropriately respond to those concerns of that prospect client while still maintaining the respect, while still maintaining control, and while still maintaining the relationship and expectation that you want to set with that prospect. And you want to make sure that your sales team isn't overselling. You don't want to be in a position where you've overpromised and then you end up under-delivering because that is not a client that is going to remain for a long time. That is not a partnership that you're going to end up being able to cultivate. And I know that I would say that almost every agency client that I work with, they talk about wanting to have a true partnership with their clients. They want to work together to help grow their brand, to help grow their reach, and to make sure that they're getting the results that they want. And if you're setting the false false expectation at the very beginning, you're not going to be developing that partnership. And it's so incredibly important that you're setting the stage for creating a partnership in the very beginning. Then now you've made the sale. And the next piece that you need to really be considering is the contract and making sure that that contract really clearly outlines what is in that scope. And it really needs to make sure that it's understood in very clear language, that it isn't being written in legalese, and that the client understands clear deliverables. They understand when they're supposed to expect those deliverables, exactly how that it's going to be, and when they're when you're going to start on the project, and 
what's included, how how your service is going to be delivered, and exactly how um, the payment schedules are going to be worked out, making sure that it works for you cash flow wise, and what the expectation is for the client, when the client's going to be responding, and how they're going to be responding. One of the things that I saw um, that was an idea that came from an agency client that I really, really enjoyed is that setting an expectation for them in the response rate on approvals, right? So if they respond in a certain timeline and they are able to get everything to them in a specific timeline, so that this agency was guaranteeing a result in a deliverable and that everything would be done on deadline every time. But this was stipulated that if they didn't, they would have a discount on the fees of 25 or 50%, depending on the size of the project. And if the client didn't respond in a specified period of time and didn't provide the approvals that were necessary for that agency to meet that timeline, they actually were penalized 15% of the scope as well. So it actually created a relationship in that scope and an expectation that they have to be responsive, they have to engage, they have to be involved in the process to allow for them to hit those objectives and hit those deliverables, right? And I I think that that type of conversation and that type of arrangement can can pass through into so many different facets and um, sub-niches of this industry that it allows for you to have that appropriate relationship. I know in so many cases, the way that the client responds and the, the speediness of the client, the approvals and the way that they provide feedback really impacts your uh, ability to provide them with results. And when you have them incentivized to respond and to be engaged in that process, it really allows for you to uh, create that that relationship that you're looking to create and have your team operating the way that you want ultimately for them to operate. Obviously, the expectation continues into operations and the actual deliverable um, in in delivering your product and delivering your service. What I see often is that the expectation really begins here in an agency when the expectation is clearly very set in stone for that client at this point. They already have a preconceived idea of exactly how it's going to go and what their results are going to be and the ROI they're, they're expecting. And if it hasn't been already clearly outlined and discussed, then when operations is trying to set the expectation at this point, you're going to get pushback and it's going to cause stress for the ops team. It's going to cause stress for your, um, your team members internally. And it ultimately is going to cause stress for your client as well. And it starts the entire relationship off on the wrong foot. And really, when you have this this expectation setting conversation happening at this point of the relationship, it's not going, um, you're not going to fulfill them at this point, right? That you're going to end up consistently trying to chase your tail and feeling like you're a hamster on a wheel because you are not able to actually set and fulfill the expectation that they have now formed themselves that you were not a part of. And really there was nothing that you could have done and you're setting up your operations team for failure by not having those expectations. And there's just no way that you're going to be able to maintain them. So what you're looking to do at this point when it comes to operational expectation setting is that you're just going to have operations confirm the scope confirm the expectation, make sure that they understand what that timeline is and exactly when they're going to get the the deliverables that they're looking for and exactly how they're going to engage the frequency that there's going to be communication, making sure that operations understands exactly how that's going to go and that that's communicated very clearly to the client so that they know exactly what's going to happen from that point forward. And that this is something, it's not 
a initial conversation. It is a reiteration of what has already been said as an expectation in sales and in your marketing process. Then obviously we have the relationship holders or the account service or account management. Um, they should be the overall uh, relationship management people. They are the ones that keep the client in line in how they are managing to scope and making sure that they are managing to build the clients more when they actually need things outside of scope. And they their positions, as far as I see it, and I know that this sounds a bit odd, but they are both, they're supposed to be the advocate for both the agency and an advocate for the client to make sure that the work that is being delivered, the if it's a, if you're a creative agency, then the creative work that you're actually outputting, that the creative is meeting the objective of the client and that it's actually it's putting their vision of their brand onto paper and making sure that it actually meets their overall objective. And it's the one that holds the, they're the ones that build the relationship, right? The AEs and the account managers and the account service department overall is the one that actually is responsible for growing the account operations is the one for setting the um, the relationship tone because they're the ones that are communicating with them very frequently and they're the ones that build a relationship with the agency overall. But the account service team is the one that has the relationship with the brand manager, the CMO, or the CEO at the corresponding client that you're working at to make sure that they have a point of contact and someone to, to reach out to when they need help at, at your agency. It's extremely important that this department understands their role and how important it is that they maintain that relationship and how important it is that they are both um, advocating not only for the agency, but also for the client. Ultimately, the relationship is so incredibly important here to allow for you to have that ongoing long-term relationship. So, when we look at, so I covered quite a bit of how the overall relationship is set from marketing to sales to operations and then account service. But then how do you actually go about setting up your expectation process, right? Because I've spoken about it in some pretty far reaching generalities, right? And just how each department interacts with clients and, and engages with that expectation. What I would recommend to you is to go through the actual touch points with your agency. So, I mean, obviously not every agency is built the same and you do need to think about how your agency delivers its service. And even if we were to look at to just directly just creative houses and cr creative agencies, that the way that you actually deliver your service is going to be different. Your creative process is going to be different. So you need to think about how you personally, your agency interacts with its clients and actually document each different stage from the initial way that you are bringing them into your funnel to the way that sales interacts with them, to the way that operations delivers its product, whether you're if you're um, putting together initial um, rough drawings of the creative, if you're putting together just initial ideas for the vision of that brand, whatever that that process looks like, you have a documented sort of, um, even if you were to take a bunch of post-its and write down each different interaction and then put them in order on a wall, on just a, taking a large wall and putting them in order of how the client interacts, then you can understand exactly how to set the appropriate expectation and then you can actually document from that point how to uh, create your expectation process and how to set the stage with that client of what their relationship should look like 
not only is this going to help you with setting the expectation with the client, but this is also going to help you with your overall efficiency at, at your agency as well, having an understanding of how those interactions should be and having an understanding of how your uh, operations team should be delivering the work as well. And then what I also want you to, to think about is how you want your agency to be perceived when you're working with clients as well. So are you a premium priced agency? Are you an agency that's business model is focused more on volume rather than uh quantity. Um, so or so making sure that you think about it and that, that that feel that you want the client to have, that you set your expectation process around that as well. So some of the things that that I would want you to think about is that there's if you look at an expensive restaurant, part of the allure of an expensive restaurant is that they have um, better waiters and waitresses, that they've got nicer furnishings, that they've got um, obviously better food and things like that, right? But you're paying a premium price that you um, would not necessarily be paying at the local burger joint down the street. And while the food could potentially be in a reasonable margin of error difference in the, the quality of the food, the difference is that you have that red carpet feel. So if you are a premium agency and you are char charging substantial amounts in your scopes, you should be thinking about how to create that red carpet feel for your clients when you are engaging with them, whether that's something simple as sending a gift when they have a success. So if your service is actually generating the results that they want or the ROI or they end up landing a large uh, contract because of what you have helped them do, then send them a little gift, a recognition that you are a partner with them and that you are building that relationship. Um, what I would want you to think about too is that you want to make sure that you build out your expectation process to address issues that previous clients have had uh, before they actually happen again. And I, I, I very firmly believe that it's extremely important that you utilize the issues that you faced in your business and in your agency every day to improve the process to allow for things to not be that way any further. And um, there's a... a phrase that was for Ram Emil that it says, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And I'm a firm, firm believer on this and that you want to make sure that you're utilizing that mantra in your agency every day and that you are continually improving. And you want to make sure that your team is on the same page with that and that they actually look at how to um, go through and improve your process as they engage with different issues that your agency is facing from an efficiency perspective to a client expectation process perspective to an unhappy client to a very happy client, right? You can learn from the great things too and how to make that repeatable as well. Then switching from, hey, now we have our expectation process and the, the touch points that we have with our uh, prospects and with our clients. Now, how do you actually implement and train your team to meet these expectations. So the, the first thing that I would recommend that you should do is setting a service client service standard and having an understanding of how exactly your team is to communicate with clients, the frequency that they should expect a result or expect a response, and making sure that things are being developed in uh, a, such a way that every single team member is doing the exact same thing in the exact same way so that client A versus client B versus client C is going to have the exact same experience working with your agency. So you don't have that differentiation of how things um, should and how that client feels about interacting with you. Then you want to look at your interdepartmental communication. That's where I see breakdowns happen extremely often at agencies is when you're looking at 
uh, production versus operations versus creative, and that when you have works and scope of works that are crossing departments, that sometimes that that um, the way that information is transferred from one department to another is lost. And what I do think is extremely important is that there are communication channels between your departments, that interdepartment communication, and making sure that you have a creative brief that's going to allow for things to really document exactly what and how the work is supposed to be done and what the client's end result looks like, making sure that that client's desires are very clearly delineated and that you have a review in the scope. So what I'm talking about now is having a meeting potentially between, and so interdepartmental even is included between sales, marketing, and operations, right? So once a contract has been signed, potentially you want to have a meeting, and I highly recommend this, you want to have a meeting between sales and operations to actually do a data transference from sales and the communication that's been had with that client and their desires, their expectations, and the expectations that have been set so that operations has and starts off on the right foot with that client and go through and make sure that every single step and all the communication and exactly what's supposed to transpire from that point forward in the relationship is very well documented and understood by everyone in your team. And then the one of the other things that I think is really important is how to manage things when things don't go to plan, right? And they don't always go to plan. And I'm sure that you've experienced situations that were not optimum at your agency and you will experience them again. And um, what I think is so incredibly important is that a recognition that we all had a part to play in that situation. So I had a, an experience with an, an agency client that was going through an issue with an existing client. They had been going severely out of scope with this client for a long, long, long time. And what they wanted to try to do from that point was to actually limit the amount of scope creep that that client was actually um, asking for and the things that they were doing outside of scope to allow for them to actually be profitable with this client. It was trying to elevate a client that that they had rated at a D level to bringing them up to an A and B level client, right? To make sure that it was a profitable client, that they were in scope. But obviously, you are now in a situation with a client that they have an expectation that this is now something that they don't have to pay for, that this is something that is included in the existing amount that they're paying your agency for. So obviously, the agency was pretty upset because the the scope was very clearly delineated. And they were trying to suggest to the client that this is something that had been discussed previously. And they're taking this combative type of mindset is what they were looking to do when they were initially responding to the client. So they had typed out an email and I was like, great, you've gotten all your aggression out and frustration out. So now let's actually have the conversation with the client. And the way that the conversation should actually be ensued is admit every piece of the equation that you had. And the equation and the piece that they did is that they had been doing this for a long time this way and they hadn't really communicated to the client that this is how it's going to be and this is what should actually happen and the expectation was set that this is to be included and that they don't have to pay for it. So if you were now having to pay twice the price for the same service, clearly that's a frustrating thing for any business owner and put yourself in those shoes. So why don't you tell that that client that, you know, I admit and I I will take ownership of the fact that we should have told you sooner and this is something that we can no longer do and I hope that you understand that we cannot offer our services for free. In fact, you're a service-based business as well and I hope that you're not offering and you're not working for free with your customers and clients as well and actually having an ownership and an understanding and trying to take it from a position of defensiveness to having a conversation open with a person about the admission of the things that you've done wrong 
the understanding of what actually should be and then setting a boundary with how you're going to work with that client and and ends up in such a better response. In the end, the client ended up understanding. If they had sent that original email, I highly doubt that the client would have had the same result and actually ended up paying for the service because it would have been in a very combative way and they probably would have lost the client. And now they've actually grown this account with that client and are actually working with them on an ongoing basis and are being paid for everything that they should be paid for. And it's, and it's an extremely important thing to understand that things do go wrong. Things don't go to plan all the time, but it's an understanding of, hey, we're all human and admitting the pieces that we actually play in that role is so incredibly important. And as I mentioned earlier, the thing that I want to leave you with is the fact that you should be looking to continually improve, learn from each situation, that you should look at each project and go through, um, I hate the phrasing of it, but essentially a postmortem of your project to understand what went well, what didn't go well, what were the expectations set with the client in the first place, what was the expectation for your agency, what were you looking to accomplish as far as a net profit line, what were you looking to accomplish as far as the amount of hours that it should have taken to accomplish that work in the first place, and understand, hey, where did we go wrong maybe in the sales process, where did we go wrong in our value proposition, where did we go wrong in service delivery, what did we do right? How can we actually repeat that result again and again for a client and, and recognize that every single project has learning lessons, has things that did, went well and things that didn't, and learn from them every single time so that your team can continue to improve and that your agency continue to improve. I think it's so incredibly important that you need to have a team that is constantly looking at your agency on how to improve upon it. And it's creating even a process internally at your agency that allows for your team members to actually come to you with suggestions on how to improve efficiency, how to improve process to allow things to be as as efficient, as profitable, and allow for you to actually remove yourself from the day-to-day of your agency. Thank you for joining us today on the Agency Blueprint Podcast. To find out more, go to agencyblueprintpodcast.com. For links mentioned in this episode, please check out the show notes. As always, go to creativeagencysuccess.com to jumpstart your agency today.